Okay, it's 11.15, so I'm going to get started. I'm OCD, so it has to be right on the dot. Um, so if you have Bibles with you, it'll be 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. And it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. And then if you go down to verse 40, it says, let all things be done decently and in order. So this session is creating safe and welcoming nurseries. So if you are not one that wants to change diapers and listen to screaming babies or be placed in the nursery, you are not in the right session. <laughs> uh, so let's pray before I begin. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this conference. Um, thank you that the weather is not too extremely hot this week, Lord, so far. Uh, we just pray that you bless this session, you bless the rest of this day and the evening services. And I, I just pray that you'll uh, be with me and give me your wisdom as I speak today. And I just pray these things in your name. Amen. So I'm Christine Allen. Um, I've been the nursery director here for a little over four years. Before that, I was a nursery leader of just one nursery here for over 20 years. So for whatever reason, they felt I was qualified enough to take the job on. So I don't know about you, and like if you took it over, and if you're in my same position where you had no desire to be the nursery director and oversee all the nurseries, um, you never thought you'd be asked to oversee all the nurseries. Uh, maybe you feel like you're uh, barely keeping above water, or you don't know what you're doing and you're not quite sure why you've been put in the position you're in. Uh, maybe you're here and you're hoping that I can help you with how you can get workers to come early or how you can get <laughs> workers to show up at all when they're supposed to or how you can get them not to cancel like five minutes before the service. Uh, there's no answers for that, so <laughs> I hate to disappoint. Uh, I'm just going to give you some of the excuses that I've been given over the last four years that I just, um, they make me laugh. Uh, these are reasons that somebody could not serve in nursery the time that they were supposed to serve. These were all given to me the day of that they were supposed to serve in nursery. Uh, I have a cold sore. It's raining outside. Um, I'm fighting with my husband and I shouldn't serve. Uh, I hurt my foot. I have a longtime friend coming during the service and I need to clean my house. I have to help my mom pack for her trip home. It's my birthday, so I can't serve today. I just moved into a new house and I'm tired. I need to be under the preaching. My life is a mess. I have too many things going on right now. I forgot it was Wednesday. I went bike riding yesterday and I'm really sore. I got a flat tire and I don't have a spare. Okay, that one, you know, is not their fault. But snowing at my house, even though it's not snowing in Lancaster, and my husband says we can't drive there. My son broke his elbow and we're trying to wait for him to get a surgery this morning. That one, that's, you know, I can understand that one. My husband surprised me with a weekend getaway. Yay! <laughs> Yay for me! <laughs> so those are just some of the excuses that we've been given and those were all, like I said, the day of. Um, scheduling is difficult and getting workers to come is difficult and sometimes you end up in the nursery a lot. 
my husband and I, anytime we go on vacation and um, we go to a church of like faith, uh, just about every time when the preacher asks, we'll ask my husband when they visit with us before service, they'll ask my husband what he does for a living and um, he'll tell them. And then they'll always ask me, do I work? And I'll say, yes, I, I work as the nursery director at Lancaster Baptist Church. And the first thing they do is laugh at me. And then the second thing every single one of them has done so far is make me stand during the service to let their whole congregation know what I do and who I am and where I work, as if it's the plague. <laughs> Not sure how to take that, but um, anyways, I'm going to say something that may surprise you, though. I love what I do. I do. And it's not because I get to schedule over 300 ladies a month to to work. And it's not because I get to switch them around all the time. And it's not because of the angry moms that come to me, you know, on a weekly basis over something. And it's not because of sometimes long hours like special events like this week. Um, It's because God has me here for a reason. And he put me here. And I tried to argue with him. I really did. When they first asked me, I tried to tell the Lord, no way. No, I'm happy where I'm at, and I don't need to do that. But he won the argument, obviously. So uh, I gave in. And I know that I'm right where God wants me. And because I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I can have the joy that I need to have, even on those hard days. And I can have the peace that I need to have when I get some of these cancellations. And, um, and I can be where I need to be and be happy about it. Steve Jobs says, if you are working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. So that was not anything to do with the lesson. Uh, now we're going to get on to the real lesson, but I just wanted to put out, out that out there that if you're feeling like you're overwhelmed, God has you uh, doing what you're doing for a reason, and just to remember that. So our lesson is creating self, safe and welcoming nurseries. And our team, we always... Um, just about once a year, our Kid City team, so all of us, our uh, children's pastor will pick a book for us to read. And we individually read it, and then we come together, and we talk about, with, in our position that we do, how it will help us, and then as a team, how it can help the entire team. And so one year, we read a book, and it's called Be Our Guest, Perfecting the Art of Customer Service. And it's by Disney. And he, Although we don't agree with pretty much most of what Disney does now, this book was very helpful um, to our team as far as church and um, helping customers. And you may think customers were a church. We don't have customers, but we do. There's two definitions of a customer, and the second one is a person or thing of a special kind that one has to deal with. And we deal with some very special kinds of people, and they're called parents. We call them parents, grandparents, legal guardians, any name of anybody that brings. It's, it's amazing that so many different people will bring an uncle, a friend, a neighbor will bring children to church now. So um, as I do the lesson, I'm just going to say parents so I don't have to go through this long list of people that bring children, but just know that it's anybody that's bringing children uh, to our, our uh, churches. For nurse, so there's, in, in this book, Disney has a, what they call the four-point compass, and that's what they live and breathe by. Um, I changed it to an X marks the spot. So you received a paper on the way in of the most handsome little boy on the planet, my grandson, Jackson, only grandchild so far, but um, 
on that four point, on that four point, it's an X marks the spot. The center is parents, and that's what we want to focus on. When you want to create self, safe and welcoming nurseries, it's going to revolve around parents. The first point is going to be emotions. How do parents feel the entire time that they are on your property? So the first thing that might feel, especially our property, is overwhelming. And we know that for this campus. Uh, depending on how many buildings you have or the, maybe the location. Um, I went, my daughter, she uh, does not live here with my grandson, and I went to visit her. It was a Sunday night, and we were going to attend church. And so at that time, her husband was not saved. They had one car, so she didn't really get to go very often. I think she had gone there twice. But we went together. And of course, me, being a nursery director, I'm always early. And so we got there 45 minutes early. Now, there were some people on the campus. But what surprised me was no one came up to us. No one talked to us. Uh, no one asked us if we needed to know where the baby went. There was no signs that let me know where nurseries were. Now, thankfully, my daughter was like, I think, I think it's down this hallway, and then you go down these stairs, and it's the second building, and it's the second story. And I felt overwhelmed. And I'm a nursery director in another church, but I felt overwhelmed. And I thought, this is, I am glad that we do it the way that we do it here. We have plenty of signs. We have plenty of people that are going around you know, and, and walking first-time guests. And so sometimes they can feel just overwhelmed just being on your property and trying to figure out where everything is. Uh, they might be anxious to go into the service. I don't know how it works in your church, but uh, first-time guests just aren't normally early. They're usually either right on time or they're late. Almost always they're late. So when they come, they're late. And for us, they're all over the campus. And so if they have five children, we're going to be walking them around pretty much almost a mile to two miles by the time we get them all dropped off and we get them into the service. So they might be even anxious when they come. And they might be upset. Uh, they don't want to be there. It's mandated by the courts in order for them to keep their children, to stay together as a family. And so sometimes they're there but they're they're not wanting to be there and they might be scared uh, one might have gotten to talk to a soul winner and they want to start coming to church and the other had a bad experience as a child and they don't want to come but they come for the sake of their spouse and so one is excited to be here sometimes you can tell and the other one is not excited to be here uh, they may be leaving their child for the first time anywhere so my children I mean they were one of them was here when they were 17 hours old so that's just, they were raised in church, they've always been here, that's all they've known, and I've never thought twice about leaving them. In fact, I'm sometimes very excited to put them in the nursery and leave them. Um, but then there's, you know, parents that it's, it's their first time to ever leave them anywhere and it's scary for them. Everyone you meet is afraid of something, loves something, and has lost something. Now, in our nurseries, we have a motto, and these are hanging up in every single, inside every single one of our nurseries for our workers to see. Because I want them to remember to smile when they're at the door. And I want them to remember that we are providing a service and we want to make it a lifetime experience for the parents that we help. And so these are hanging up in every single one of our nurseries. Uh, in this book, in this Disney book, it talks about, um, of course, Disney. You go to Disney and you leave Disney and you just think, wow, everything is, a, is wow. And that's the same experience we want them, families to have when they're here is a wow experience. And the only way that that's going to happen is with little wows. 
uh, smiling and, and maybe uh, if a child is upset, giving them a fruit snack before they go in and just different ways to make little wows. And so we, we try to ask our nursery workers to just come up with little wows that they can do in their specific nursery with the age that they have to help it be a big wow. First Thessalonians 5.14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. That's a good nursery verse for, for parents, dealing with parents. Number two is needs. What do parents need while on your campus? No chaos. They don't want to see us running around like a chicken with, our head, with its head cut off because workers haven't shown up. Uh, my typical Sunday morning sometimes, I'm trying to just check nurseries and make sure that they're happy and everything's going well and they have everything they need. And a nursery worker will stop me because it's, during, it's 10 o'clock and none of the 10 o'clock workers have shown up, but everybody's left but one worker and I need to get those workers and it's okay, I'm, you know, I'm getting there. And then I'm trying to come around the corner and another worker stopping me because a child just wet all over the floor and we need to steam clean it. And okay, I'm going to get the steam cleaner as soon as I can. And I'm going around the corner and then another worker wants to tell me the six dates they're going to be gone for the summer <laughs> and why they're going to be gone each date. And I'm supposed to remember those six dates and who told me. And I'm not as concerned as to why, but I come around and then, so it can just be chaotic for me. But what parents don't want to see is that on my face. So my motto inside as I walk around literally is smile and wave, smile and wave, just smile and wave. Just get through this, just one round to check the nurseries. And so that helps me out a lot. Smile is the lighting system of the face, the cooling system of the head, and the heating system of the heart. They want pleasant workers. The last thing that any parent wants to see is a worker that's upset. And I'm sure you've had it happen before. We've had it. Uh, one instance, we had a worker that she came in in the morning, and it was our 8.30 service. So it was the first service of the day. She was very not happy with her husband, and she was letting everybody know she was not happy with her husband. And then she started to go to the nursery, and somebody just said, I would not want to be in that nursery with her. And it just didn't sit well inside. So I ran after her, and I uh, pulled her aside before she made it to the nursery, and just, um, I just reminded her that this is the Lord's Day and the devil wants to fight us and sometimes he starts Saturday night and sometimes it's Sunday morning our child can't find their shoe or they can't you know um, things go wrong because it's going to be Sunday and so a neighbor is having a party or whatever it is sometimes it can start even Saturday night but I just let this worker know that the last thing we want to do is not allow the Lord to do what he wants to do for the day and even though we're just in the nursery and we're just watching somebody's child, the Lord can't work on those parents if we don't have the right spirit ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so she was very thankful and hugged me. And, hey, they were fine. I saw them holding hands on the way out. So it was great. It was a great day. Uh, so pleasant workers. Parents need to see that. The flood of careless, unconsidered, cheap words is the greatest enemy of the profound word. They want cleanliness. My kids loathe, can't say hate because that's not a nice word, but they loathe when company's going to come over to our house. <laughs> the reason they loathe it, they claim, is because I want to make it look like nobody's ever lived there, ever. In fact, they joke that we should get rid of the couch, the dining room table, and the beds because then it, we, nobody would live there. I want it clean. I want it very clean, and I'm going to go over it over and over and over again. And to them, 
what I consider company is not what they consider company. Uh, my daughter that doesn't live with us, that's company. Not to them, but to me it is. My dad is company. If he's coming over, their friend is company. If their friend is coming over. So uh, they don't like it because they have to clean. We like candles because you want it to smell nice. And when they walk in, you want it to be a nice experience. But how much more for the Lord's house do we need to make that same experience? as clean as possible, smell good as possible. Nothing is worse than walking into a children's building and all you smell is dirty diapers. So just finding ways to keep it clean. So how do you try to keep it clean? Uh, one of the things that we use in our nurseries, because we have TVs in every nursery, so we have an outlet that's higher up, is plug-ins. Just a plug-in to kind of help the building smell a little more decent. And so you can't always do that, you know, and make it smell decent, but uh, we try our best, and a lot of parents will say, it smells clean in here. Well, praise the Lord for that, because if you only knew what was behind some of those doors, <laughs> it's not that clean. Uh, uh, maybe a fresh coat of paint, a new rug, new toys, uh, whatever can make it look clean, that helps parents want to drop their kids off. And I think the biggest thing with chaos and cleanliness for, for us is invitation time. I don't know if you have the same problem at your church, but our children know when it's invitation time. Do they not? They all start crying. It's like they all know I have not had my mother for over an hour and it is time for her to come. They start crying. So find some ways to help with that invitation time. And so I've told my workers, use bubbles, uh, play a CD, uh, play some game with them, sing songs with them, make it fun. Like your mom is coming, whose mom's coming first? You know, let's watch the door and they're all at the door and instead of crying, you know, they're excited, but find ways to, to help with the invitation time. And I also tell my workers, if you have, if you have a crying child, then make sure that you, you pray over that child. And you don't just set that first-time guest child down and let that child cry because you're just done with it and you don't want to deal with it anymore. Hold that child, love that child, and pray over that child because God wants to work in those parents' lives. But if that parent comes and their child's been crying the whole time and nobody's holding that child, and I've told my workers, guaranteed 100% it is going to work, and they're going to fall asleep, which, hey, that's great, or they're going to stop crying and they're going to start playing. So sometimes, even though we do all these different things to try to help, there's going to be what we call, uh, what Disney even calls a combustion point. Even when you're at Disney, you could have a combustion point. You see the little three-year-old that's crying, and you're just thinking, they're at Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Like, how could they cry? It's going to happen. Uh, uh, two children are going to bonk heads in the nursery, say it isn't so. Somebody's going to get bit. Uh, somebody gets the wrong bottle, or they're missing something in their bag, you know. These are combustion points, and... Um, and it makes the parent upset. What we don't ever want is for it to become an explosion point. An explosion point causes people to leave the church. And it can even be something small. But once they've exploded, um, it can be a bigger problem. And that's what we want to, uh, to avoid. So I'm just going to tell you of a dining experience that we had one time. We have five children. Only one left. That's the baby back there. Um, but when they were younger, five children, you don't eat out much, for sure. You do not go to a restaurant very often. But when you do, you want it to be very special, you know. And you do the big talk with your kids about behaving and all of that, you know. And we had three boys, so we did a lot of those talks. But <laughs> you, we would go to a restaurant maybe a couple times a year. 
And so already you have five kids, you know everybody's going to stare at you. You hope they're going to put you in the corner, which they never do. It's in the middle, smack middle of the restaurant. And so we're at this restaurant, we're excited, and it took them, of course, a long time to get us seated, which you expect. Sitting there, and it takes them forever to even get our drink orders. So we finally get our drink orders, and when they bring mine, it's Diet Coke. I do not do diet, okay? So anything but diet. So I asked them to get my drink, but it does not come. They come to take the order, and everybody else has finished one cup of their drink already, but I haven't even had one. They take our order, and then finally he realizes, I don't have my drink, and then I finally get my drink. Um, by now, the natives are starting to get restless. And so I'm thinking, okay, the food needs to come quick, we need to eat. Well, when the food comes, I don't even have remotely what I ordered, and there's mushrooms all over it. Now, the way that we feel in our house about mushrooms, except for one child, is that they're grown in the dark, which makes them evil. You can't eat them. So... Um, I can't eat this plate that they've given me. So they take it back, and now the natives are very restless. And now, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm combusting. I mean, I know I'm a Christian. You're not supposed to combust. But I'm a little combusting right now. Um, I don't like this place anymore, and I'm, we're never coming back here. And I just, I just want to eat, you know. And now the natives are all done eating, so they're, like, climbing around, and they're loud, and everybody's staring. And um, right about then, the manager notices what's going on, or he's been told what's going on. I don't know which, because I was combusting at that time. <laughs> but he comes over, and he comes over, and he apologizes, and he asks me what my meal was, and he says, my meal's free, and I can pick any dessert on the menu that I want, and everybody else gets ice cream. You know what? Happiness. Lots of <laughs> happiness. No longer combusting. There's no explosion. And now I'm thinking, this is a great place. I love this place. <laughs> Let's go here next time in a year from now when we get to go out to eat again. So you just need to find ways to, to help with that combustion. Um, something that maybe you can do on the spot. Sometimes you can't do it on the spot. Sometimes you just have to apologize and maybe you can fix it a little later uh, with a gift, with, with whatever can help with the situation. Um, we recently had a two-year-old that somehow their special security blanket went missing. I don't know where it went. The workers. They don't remember her even having it. So um, I just bought a new one, just bought a new one, gave it to the parents. They were so, I mean, they still, two months later, thank me when they come by the counter for that security blanket. That was a big deal to them. So that was a little combustion point that just helped to make better. So just find ways to, with those combustion points. Pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work. In 1 Timothy 4.10, for therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. In Proverbs 15:1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The next point on the X is stereotypes. What are the preconceived notions and expectations parents have of your church and your workers? Now, whether we like it or not, everybody stereotypes. The police stereotype, we stereotype, everybody just stereotypes. We try not to, but it happens. So what are some things that some people that come to your church might think? One, A, that you're prim and proper and you're going to look down on them. It's funny because my daughter just looked at this little part of my notes and she was like, what in the world is this talking about? <laughs> letter, letter, letter B, unmodern facilities. 
And praise the Lord for some churches that are old and have a biblical heritage, but there's people that are going to think it's just an old rickety church with a steeple, and that's what they're going to be coming to. Let her see that we have no fun. We can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. I know out soul winning before, uh, talking to a lady and trying to invite her, and I remember her saying, I can't come to your church. I don't own a skirt or dress. Just a stereotype that she already had of, of our church. Uh, so just there's, there's stereotypes. Uh, how we're going to talk, how we're going to dress, how we're going to act. Some of your guests have never stepped foot inside of a church, let alone passed their most precious possession, their child, to a perfect stranger. And they've entrusted us to keep their child safe and nurtured in their absence. 1 Corinthians 3.1 And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So be the church that stands out and be the best that you can be. Special individualized interactions create the most memorable moments. And those are the little wows that I talked about for in the beginning. Uh, one of our workers, on the way out, for her two-year-old, she gives them a dum-dum. And they expect it. And when they graduate to the next nursery, they try to come to her nursery again because they want that dum-dum because they know that she's the lady that has the little lollipops. In fact, there's one that he's about to turn three, and he still gets them from her. And that was two nurseries ago. So... Uh, one, she'll have coloring pages, and they love to color, the two-year-olds. And so some are scared. You know, I mean, for me, if there's over 15 two-year-olds, I don't want them coloring because it's not going to be pretty. But um, to have them color, she lets them color. Uh, just different little wows that uh, they remember and, and they associate with church. Let's see. Memories, just making the small little wows and breaking the stereotypes. Letter D, gossiping women. Parents do not want gossiping women. They're not paying attention, and for whatever reason, they can't keep the conversation clean after a while. I don't know what it is when women get together, but that's when we decide that that's the good time for our labor stories and our ER stories and any other gruesome story we could possibly tell to the other women that we're with. But there's nothing worse than a first-time guest or a regular attender or a member standing there waiting to drop their child off or pick their child up and they're hearing this awful story because no one's paying attention to the fact that somebody's standing there waiting with their child and for first-time guests this is not for sure safe and welcoming for them philippians 1:27 only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of christ that whether i come and see you or else be absent i may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now, one thing that we do with our workers that I really, really love, I didn't love it as much at first because I realized I'd have to speak to them, but now I do enjoy it. We do an appreciation day for them, and we do it during the evening service, one of the evening services now, and it's nice. It's a time to give them a little thank you gift for serving on a weekly basis for us, but it's also time for us to share our hearts. And so this is a good time for us to do these reminders of keeping your conversation clean and, you know, just the different things that uh, we want to remind them of. You have it in easily in your power to increase the sum total of this world's happiness now. How? By giving a few words of sincere appreciation to someone who is lonely or discouraged. Perhaps you will forget tomorrow the kind words you say today but the recipient may cherish them over a lifetime. The fourth point is once. 
What is the deeper purpose for parents coming to your church? A, it may be the last resort to save their marriage. They may have never thought of church before, but they realize they need something and they come to church. B, it may be that they want to expose their kids to other kids before they start school. Well, church is the best way to expose their children. Letter C, it might be curiosity of a co-worker's lifestyle where they've been invited over and over for many years and then they finally decide there is definitely something different with this person and I want to come see what it is. Or letter D, it's a soul winner at their door or just a track that they received on their door. E, sometimes it's out of duty, even from a church member. I know you guys are probably all really perfect in here, but sometimes I will wake up on a Sunday morning and the first words out of my mouth is, I don't want to go to church today. I don't want to get up. I don't want to be up this early. Now, I know that's the flesh and that's the devil trying to make me not come, but I always come. As soon as I'm prayed up and I do my devotions, then I'm gung-ho and I'm ready to go. But there's some that it's just out of duty and they're not prayed up. They're not ready to go and they just come to church. Whatever the reason, nursery is a key component to bringing them back again and again so that they can fulfill the wants that they have in their life. What saddens me is a sharp family that will start coming to our church. And you just think, oh, this is a neat family. And, and oh, I can't wait to see them start getting involved in ministry. And, and then all of a sudden, they, they just don't come. And then you just don't see them again. And you can send them a letter or you, you try to visit them. And they say thank you, but they just don't come again. And a lot of times it makes me wonder, was it, was it a nursery that they put their child in? Was it a worker that maybe said something or did something? You know, was it an usher? Was it, was it our parking lot? I don't know what it could be sometimes, but it saddens me when it's a good family that you really think is starting to grow and then they just stop coming. Um, I try to visit them. I, I try to help them. I try to maybe figure out why it is that they're not coming and sometimes we just never know. And sometimes they just never come back. A.W. Tozer says, it's not what you did, but what you could have done if you allowed the Lord to work his will in your life. Because even a multi-million dollar church is not going to be any fun if we don't have pleasant workers. And if we don't have a pleasant experience for them, if the nurseries don't feel safe for the parents, and if it's not welcoming to them. If wants aren't met, then they're not going to want to come back. People are hurting today. I don't know if, if you've had this in your church, but we've had to remove a parent because of divorce. Uh, we've had to put a special note in our check-in system that lets us know that one parent can't pick up because there's a restraining order against them, only the other one. Or a grandparent is now the only one that can pick up and child has to be removed from parents. As sad as it is, we are seeing that more and more today and, and more and more of our first-time guests aren't even married. I think a big percentage of them aren't. Uh, a study in 2006 showed that children from divorce suffer intense grief for many years. So we want to be the welcoming arms and the loving arms to the, these children because we never know what the background is sometimes until a little while. The main reason a parent is going to come back to your church is you and your workers. It's not the preaching, usually. Sometimes it is, but if it starts with the nursery. It definitely starts with childcare. They want to feel safe. They want to feel secure with putting their child in our childcare. So it does start with our workers, and it does start with, with our nurseries and how they're treated in that very first few minutes of getting their kids checked in. That's what brings them back. 
Your front line is your bottom line, and you do not get a second chance to make a first impression. So I hope this was helpful to you today. And I think on the bottom of your notes, there's some, a website um, that we have where you can register your email and you'll get updates of product safety uh, things, so different toys that they, they put up. And so that, that's been helpful um, to, to us in our ministry. Uh, there are in the back purple folders, so you're welcome to take one. It has like all kinds of our different brochures and different ways that we do things. So feel free to grab that. You got a laughy taffy because if you serve in children's ministry, you need to laugh a lot, <laughs> smile and wave. So you've been given that as a reminder that um, smile and wave with your ministry. So let me pray real quick and then we'll be done. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day once again and just thank you for the session. And thank you for all of the people that have traveled here. I pray you give them safe travels as they, they go back in a couple days. And just bless the lunch, and thank you for all you do for us. And we love you, and we pray these things in your name. Amen.